There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, day four sees Catherine Whitaker, myself, and special guest back returning Simon Briggs here uh, in the media garden with the most gorgeous sunset, uh, a, a, an orange and purple sky in the distance with uh, a breeze all around and still lots and lots of matches going on around us. Um, but quite late at night now, most of the stuff that we really want to take notice of has come and gone it has been an absolutely fantastic day here at Flushing Meadows stories galore and it's just really comforting and nice to have Simon Briggs back how are you doing Simon? Is that uh, Andre Agassi hot lava colour? That, that sunset? That sunset yeah I think it's the Andre Agassi memorial evening here in, uh, in uh, Flushing Meadows it, yeah, it's been a great day particularly if you're British um, two victories for the home contingent. Nice, easy copy for us, and uh, and a short injury scare for Andy Murray and Mallorca on the live stream. Oh, really? What, what happened there? He cramped up. Um, he collapsed to the ground at one point. Uh, he had to have a, a massage, and he was uh, quite grumpy afterwards and said, "I'm a long way away. Basically, I've got to get a, a lot fitter because I'm I'm completely knackered." <laughs> Um, he lost in three to world number 240, Matteo Viola. Uh, and he was taking so long between points at the end. I mean, if he'd been here, he would have lost all his first serves. I'm not sure there was a shot clock, though, so it he got away with it. It must feel horrible for him to lose matches due to lack of fitness. Yes, I guess that is <laughs> that probably the new departure. Uh, I mean, I guess he had a, that a little bit after his back surgery, didn't he? In 2015, when he came back, he was—he um, had to put up with being a little off the pace for a while. But yeah, I, I think he was pretty sick about it. But I guess we shouldn't be talking about that because, uh, as I say, we're, we're under a nice hot lava sky in the Flushing Meadow Media Garden. Yeah, but people want to know about Andy Murray, and it is interesting, isn't it, seeing him come back? I, I'm not surprised though that he's grumpy about his fitness because he doesn't want to do it half measures does he you know he wants to be back here uh, this time next year um, you mentioned about nice easy copy today Simon there was a moment Catherine when we were commentating on Dan Evans when 
all seemed to be going swimmingly and according to plan and Simon looked as though he was going to be able to get his articles done in perfect amounts of time and then the comeback started from uh, Luca Pui but it was a fairly short-lived comeback. He, he plays possum, Luca Pui, doesn't he? He looks like he's sort of zoned out completely. He must be completely disarming. And then he sort of just decides to t- turn it on out of nowhere. I mean, our commentators, we had Tim Henman uh, and Mark Petchy in the commentary booth and Henman was pretty dismissive, pretty unimpressed with uh, Luca Pui. What, what was he unimpressed by, particularly? Because, I mean, for anybody who didn't watch the match... Well, his first serve percentage in the opening set? 24%. 24%, which, as you said, David, for somebody whose job it is to get their serve in, is just appalling. I've also noticed that Tim doesn't like an unforced error. <laughs> is that fair? <laughs> yes. And uh, did you see the number by Pui's name at the end of the match? No. 81 didn't even get a five and I think Kyle made 77 the other day but at least I went to five and it didn't even feel like he was going for it that much it didn't feel like he was playing swashbuckling all or nothing tennis the backhand just just kind of was a regulation dump into the net half the time when he went cross court wasn't it it was was quite baffling Um, for a number 25 seed he wasn't very good but then Dan Evans makes people uncomfortable as indeed Adrian Manorino made Dan Evans uncomfortable in the previous round uh, although not uncomfortable enough to knock him out so we'll give some of the credit to Dan because he played a lovely match in the back of the court the only problem was in that phase when Pui came back Ever kept on coming to the net and that was the only time when Pui played well when he was hitting passing shots he actually hit some scorches there was one absurd one that was almost like a cricket shot because the ball was down by his ankles right in front of him and he somehow double handed it up the line at an inside out angle it was crazy you, you realise that Luca Pui is one of those players that give him a target at the net and he will pass it every single time. And, and Evans has talked about how he wants to go to the net more now. Well, that was a, a, a pretty silly tactic today because his net, I think the, the, the stats were something like 20 successes out of 44. Um, and yet when he was just playing defensively at the back of the court and retrieving, he would off, often break Pui down. It's what he plans to do tomorrow against Federer, isn't it? Go to the net. Yeah. Yeah, he said he was... Uh, I said to him, you know, you're up against a guy who is the opposite of the kind of players that you can mess up, the mechanical players you like to, to make, uh, disrupt their programming. You know, you've got somebody who's totally the other end of the scale. He said, yeah, but at least he's got a single-hander, so it's hard to pass on that side with a single-hander. He ought to know, I guess. That was interesting, wasn't it, that he was prepared to be quite as candid about that element and, and as in-depth about it because, you know, we, we're we lay people, we watch from, from the sides, but he's given us an inside idea of, of, of what tactics might work against a single-hander. Yeah, I mean, it felt like that, that was a bit of a bit of personal pain going into that comment, probably, because... Well, because sure. he probably gets attacked yeah. in that way. All the time. I mean, he's, the number of times you see... I mean, actually, Andy used to get this as well. Was if somebody camped out in the Spanish inside-out position, just hitting forehand after forehand at his slice, and those points kind of going on and on and on, and it must be quite draining because you know that all you're doing is trying to keep it alive. You're not going to if, if the point ends in your favour, it's because the other guy has made a mistake. 
Something that Evan said to me, I interviewed him live on, on Five Live, and, and one of the things he, he said, and he said it in the press conference as well, was that now that he's played Federer and got to know Federer, he's no longer sort of playing the aura of Federer. He's not, he's not sort of going to be... Lo- he doesn't think he'll be looking across the net worrying about that anymore. Federer calls him Danny Evans, doesn't he? We did on the court. He goes, oh, yeah, Danny's a good mate of mine. <laughs> that, that was my intro, yeah. The only, the only person on the planet who calls him Danny. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you, you wouldn't argue, would you? You don't argue with Rog. Yeah, but he's Danny Evans now. What, what do you think we're going to get from, from that match? Because, I mean, I certainly came out of today thinking that Evans has a chance here, a chance of knocking Federer out. I, I think Federer is there for the taking at the moment. I, looking at the quotes after his match yesterday, he's, he's not happy. He's hoping that the courts speed up over the course of the tournament. Tim Henman thinks they will. Um, and certainly the fact that New York is heating up over the next few days will help him. But he was saying stuff like, you know, the USTA promised that the courts would be faster this year than they were last year. And he's finding that they're slower and he's not happy with that. And he definitely wasn't happy with what went down uh, yesterday. It does feel as if Roger's got a Wimbledon hangover. But I guess we probably shouldn't spend too long on that because <laughs> they have a lot to get through today, isn't it? He didn't even play today, right? No, he didn't play today. But but it is interesting, isn't it? It's just that, that it has been one of those days. What was it? Fifty plus matches that have been played today, and um, but but Evans was an interesting storyline. Towards the end of his match, uh, Johanna Conta came on and she she lasted 54 minutes. That's all it took for her to beat Margarita Gasparian today. A fantastic performance. Uh, Love and one, or one and one, love. One, one and, and love. love. She lost the first game and then won twelve in a row. Um, and she's only ever beaten one other player, uh, one and love. And that was Serena Williams at San Jose last year. Thanks, Matt. You're here in spirit. Oh, yeah, that's a good stat. She didn't remember that though. I asked her on air. She um, looks in very she, good she doesn't seem to remember any of her she? results. She, she looks suddenly in a really good oh. frame of mind. I mean, I, I suppose when you've just thrashed somebody, it's, it's easier to be in a good frame of mind. But, you know, she came into your your studio on Prime Video and sometimes she can be a, you know, a slightly awkward presence, can't she? Because she's not that comfortable in some of these situations. But, I mean, I think part of it was <laughs> your questions and your way of doing, handling her was... was was something that she felt comfortable dog with. Dog chat. Yeah, dog chat at the end. <laughs> that that seemed, seemed, seemed to work. But do you know what I mean? I feel like she was just, she was just, she just looked quite happy out there today, and, I, and it, was, it was nice to see. I, I certainly think there's a shift in demeanour. I don't know how you found her, Simon. A bit but more open as well. Yeah, less defensive. Well, actually, I see easy copy. I couldn't go to a presser because uh, deadline here is four thirty p.m. Uh, local time, and she came in about 4.15 uh, so we had a very limited representation at the presser because um, Andy was also finishing around about the same time and I was uh, watching that presser I wondered why it was so short yeah it was, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty <laughs> I mean you tend to find that these early days at the US Open you're filing like 4.29 4.30 every day what do you do after 4.30 why are you still here well, the thing is, it's a bit like you have a sort of post-coital cigarette because it's, it's kind of like one of those um, uh, build-ups. I mean, it, you kind of come in, you sort of fiddle about for a while, and, you, and then you kind of build up. You're banging away at the keyboard, and then you press send, and then you then you collapse in a heap. 
577 episodes, <laughs> this is the first time the words post-coital cigarette have ever been used on the tennis podcast. And to be considered one of those um, as an entity, uh, as Simon sits here sipping his beer, is, is, is quite a compliment, and I'm really d- delighted. Um, I thought ten- it was your first beer, Simon, but maybe I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other thing is, I mean, we, 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 we have this situation we'd record in the podcast. Yesterday we, we recorded it uh, maybe an hour or so earlier than this, and, and then we spent the rest of the evening in the bar together watching the TV uh, watching of, Djok- Dennis. of Djokovic and then Can't Serena Williams, wondering at what point does this become <laughs> an emergency requiring an, an extra bit on the podcast? Because uh, let's just go back to that quickly because we didn't have a chance to cover it, obviously, last night. Novak Djokovic has got a bit of a problem here. I mean, he's he's he had lengthy massage on that left shoulder of his. Um, I mean, he was quite dramatic in his press conference afterwards saying that he, he was just hoping to finish the match. Now, I do take that with a pinch of salt, to be honest, and I'm not saying he's lying. I think he's anxious. I think he's pretty anxious at the moment. But I've also seen him have these sort of episodes before and end up winning the bloody tournament. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, some of the guys had left, went to a restaurant, and George Belshaw was here, and he was he was texting the group saying, oh, I'm on my way. Oh, hang on. Novak's uh, injured. A breakdown, he might lose, and uh, you know, he tended afterwards to say, Oh, you fell for that one again, George. <laughs> you know, because uh, when you're sort of roll your eyes slightly at the idea that, that, that you, uh, Novak having a, an injury timeout and losing a break, I mean, he got broken three times, didn't he? And he still won the set. I mean, he can have problems, he can wobble, but he still, as Brad Gilbert says, I still like Brad Gilbert's uh, catchphrase on this, he's the tax man he collects although Catherine we, we were messaging this afternoon about Sam Vavrinka which is the prospective fourth round opponent for Novak Djokovic if they both win their third round matches um, yeah. and it just feels to me that if, if Djokovic is short here physically beating Stan Vavrinka is a big ask well that would be an unbelievable match I actually I had, to, I had to submit my in a sort of superhuman sporting moment from tennis last week when Ben Stokes scored 135 not out and I went for Vavrinka Djokovic at, at uh, Roland Garros uh, you know above anything I've seen from Roger because it was just it was that kind of moment so you know any match between those two brings a lot of memories of wonderful encounters from the past only Dennis Kudler and Paolo Lorenzi stand in the way. <laughs> yeah, and that's the night match tomorrow, isn't it? Dennis Kudler has uh, usurped Scored Dan Evans himself. against uh, Roger Federer. Scored himself a night uh, session. So, yeah, Federer against Dan Evans is 5 o'clock UK time, first up on uh, the Arthur Ashe Stadium tomorrow. Um, Serena Williams was also set down last night against really fun to watch Katie McNally, who's... I mean, th- this is going to be a theme of this podcast, is serve and volley, uh, variety, chip and charge, go into the net, short angle volleys, because Taylor Townsend today knocked out the, w- the Wimbledon champion, Simona Halep, in one of the most uplifting matches of the year, uh, performance-wise, I thought. But McNally last night, she ended up losing, but she won the first set 7-5. Wasn't she fun to watch? 17 years of age and just that outlook of, this is my game. And I don't care who is it against me, I'm putting it out there. She's got a super cool attitude as well, hasn't she? And it's funny, 
nobody even really was talking about her age because Coco Goff's around she's playing as we record 17 is just not an age that people bother mentioning because <laughs> you know it's old news yeah it's old news you should, right? be, you should be winning yeah. slams by now Katie it turns out that my um, my rental fl- uh, flat doesn't have a functioning TV so <laughs> I, I ended up uh, listening uh, to the US Open radio of, of McNally versus uh, Williams rather than watching it. So, what, what was their verdict? Well, I mean, yeah, they were, they were, they were certainly talking her up as a fearless competitor, but uh, I wasn't able to check out her style. You'd have, he'd have enjoyed it, wouldn't it? I mean, anybody who really is into tennis would have just enjoyed watching that style, particularly because it's so rare these days. Yeah, it was what they call a, a purist's match, and Taylor Townsend against Simona Hallett I mean it was one of those if, if, if you don't enjoy this then you don't enjoy tennis type experiences and Townsend wasn't it? took it to another level didn't she today because let's just deal first of all with the match itself there's a backstory to Taylor Townsend that I think we should touch on as well as a man with a massive bin goes uh, rolling past uh, next to next to us that's the noise you hear um, the the way she went about it 105 approaches to the net today more than more than 57 volleys and there was never a moment that she questioned it left-handed served didn't even matter if the serve was rubbish just off she went she was going in and it was so much fun yeah fun fun's the word isn't it it was absolutely stunning and she wasn't always getting great returns on the serve volley tactic you know a couple of times she was coming coming in behind 80 mile per hour serves and you're thinking oh goodness me but the courage of her to have the conviction to continue doing that to believe in her game despite the fact that she's probably spent her whole tennis career looking around and going am I doing something wrong here why is no one else playing tennis like me if I if I learned if I if I done this wrong yeah um, and yet in the commentary last night there was a moment when Chris Everett just said this is like going back to the 70s. This is what used to happen against every player I played against, that they would play like McNally was was playing last night. And that's the thing. It was just a total throwback. And you could see that Simona Halep, who's a, a very good returner and passer, I mean, I still don't quite understand why she didn't try a lob in the hot, virtually in the whole match. Um, I mean, they're so unused to playing opponents like that that I don't think... Their, their their digital brain doesn't doesn't instinctively tell them yep. the right things to do. They haven't trained the brain. I mean, the other, the other impressive thing was that she actually choked trying to serve it out uh, Townsend at uh, five four, I think. Um, and then you think that well, that's probably gone now. And then she sat down and she got her, her notebook, didn't she? Um, and she sat there reading away at, at her, her prompts. And she she got back into a tie break. And then she toughed it out, which was impressive. The fact that she didn't allow herself to be completely knocked back or, or, or to change her approach or anything. She, she didn't give up and she got through. And especially given the scar tissue that she's built up this year alone, because she was in winning positions against top players at the past two slams, against Muguruza in the first round of the French Open and against Kiki Burton's at Wimbledon and she certainly I can't quite remember the details of the latter stages of the Burton's match but certainly against Muguruza she she choked a volley I think on on match point so yeah considering the the mental baggage 
that she was going into that situation with, I'm I'm bowled over by what she did. Yeah. So I have a bit of a Taylor Townsend backstory as well, which goes back to my first day in this job, uh, 2011, uh, first day in the states, uh, first day at Flushing Meadows. Get the bus down and uh, wander out. We probably caught 12 or something. And uh, the, the very first tweet I sent as a ten- uh, correspondent of the Telegraph was something like. Uh, Laura Robertson in, in trouble on court 12 against tubby American teen. Oh, which Simon. I, which I've since deleted. <laughs> and, uh, and this is meant to be a mayor, mayor culpa. But the thing was that I spent 15 years working in cricket where if somebody was overweight, it was a massive issue. I mean, we, a number of pieces we wrote about Sumit Patel, Samit Patel, sorry, and his fitness tests. Because if you've got a coach or manager, you know, they... They usually police that kind of thing, and and Taylor Townsend is, is a different build. And and what I hadn't realised was that I'd never worked in a women's sport before, and this is quite a sensitive area. So my phone kind of blew up, and I had a very rapid education in, in what what things are acceptable to say and not acceptable to say, which clearly are absolutely unacceptable <laughs> on my behalf. For that, it's the only tweet I've ever sent, which I actually have deleted. And actually, that that takes us on to the rest of the the backstory because. I mean, when when would that have been, Simon? That that your that you had your first U.S. Open. When would that have been? That's 2011. So Laura Robson played her, and I think scraped through in so qualifying. She would have been 15. Yeah, yeah. Then Taylor Townsend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean, this is the the other thing is that at the moment we have Coco Goff on court, aged 15, and and it, I, I didn't get to go to Taylor Townsend's press conference today. I really wish I had because I'd love to. I'm sure there are comparisons that have been made with the two of them because. Taylor Townsend was the Coco Goff of her day. She won three of the four Grand Slam junior titles. She had everything. She was world number one. And you see this a lot, players trying to make the transition to the seniors. It's not it's not a straightforward thing. And then in the year after the match you described, 2012, she was she basically had her her funding suspended by the USTA because she wasn't in good enough shape is is, is my recollection of it yep. and that got fiercely criticised by some pretty big figures in the game didn't it Catherine? Martina Navratilova and Lindsay Davenport I think the two biggest names to criticise it because what does it matter if your results speak for themselves and she actually she moves really well I'd say her movement is one of the best parts of her game I mean you can't get away with being a bad mover with that style of play I mean it's horses for courses isn't it she 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 is a certain body type it really, I remember it but the thing is that that wouldn't happen today I don't think no. because there is a, there is an understanding of there's a wider understanding of what isn't isn't acceptable but at, the, at that time I remember just feeling so uncomfortable with what was being said um, and uh, and I felt so uncomfortable for her because of the way she was trying to the way she was kind of having to explain her own body build to people and it it, it, just, it just makes the hair stand up on my back of my neck it's just so awful to absolutely think about absolutely horrifying and yet she's come back and, and now with that game style if she can find the, the the kind of composure she showed today in those tight moments I mean, it's an unbelievable advantage to play so differently to everybody else. Like we were saying before, people have got no idea how they had to cope with you. It's actually one of the things that made Rafael Nadal uh, so unbeatable. You can't practice for that. There's no one else who's going to give you that. So she's going to play these left-handed swinging serves and she's got this, this fantastic 
way of throwing a wrist at the ball on the volley, hasn't she? Which makes it very easy for her to play the short, sharply angled volleys. I mean, it's just not something that players are used to. She, she also has wonderful anticipation too at the net. You have to have that, don't you? With the way the rackets are these days, the way players on the baseline can just whip a ball and, and you have to just know where it's going almost before it's been hit. Her um, com- composure, I mean, she was very, very emotional. She was she was crying. It was an incredibly moving on-court interview that she did afterwards with uh, Renee Stubbs. But her composure and her articulation in that moment was extraordinary it made me think about dear old Stefanos Tsitsipas on <laughs> on Monday exiting the tournament with a a despairing press conference bemoaning the fact that he doesn't feel inspired I was watching Taylor Townsend's speech on court thinking well this will inspire you Steph <laughs> tune into this yeah, inspired he, me he just needs a holiday is, is my sense he desperately needs to just go and do something on his own for a, a few weeks go and make his little videos and, and ha- in some nature and talk to some terrapins and goodness knows what um, that was my sense some ice cream yeah um, the uh, the other matches today I mean there's been so much happened uh, because Samantha Hallett the woman of the champion has been defeated that's slightly overshadowed the fact that Petra Kvitova also went out um, and, and Andrea Petkovic was the woman who beat her yeah it was, it was remarkable how unremarkable that was I think I mean she was wearing the, the sleeve on her left I mean everyone's wearing the sleeves though the sleeves are back in fashion it turns out Milos Raonic was a trendsetter said no one ever um, but she was wearing the sleeve on her left arm and it's been a it's been a very difficult summer for her I think the forearm injury is still a bit of an issue so an upset but not an upset it's always nice to see Petkovic do something good though isn't it she's, she's another joyous she's great, player yeah. isn't she and just so different and just, she's just cool um we also had. What else have you seen today? Well, I was saying I, I didn't see a ball of that because I was on the Evans court. I was actually out there for the first two sets, watching the, the Evans play well against Pui. And <laughs> behind it, there was a pair of, of, of players I could see, and I, and I could work out that Quavas was one of them. And I was looking at the other, thinking, "Who the hell are you?" <laughs> and the, it, it's that lucky loser whose name I don't even begin to know how to pronounce, but he's Polish. Oh, and he plays Grigor Dimitrov. Right. Can you give me any help with the pronunciation? It's, it's all consonants. It, it's not quite as bad as Peter Goyov. G- Goyovchik, I've got Goyovchik? that. Okay, right. Goyovchik's my Scrabble he's, tennis is he, is he, is he, player name. He, it begins with M. Z Goyovchik. Anyway, um, this guy is uh, equally challenging. But I felt I, like I, I gave myself a break. Because you, know, you feel bad as a tennis correspondent. You look over and you're like, I don't even know who that is. It's the second <laughs> round of the US Open. <laughs> no, I had a similar experience with Antoine Huang today. <laughs> yeah. I can, to I can tell you, I, can, I do not know how to pronounce this. It, it, his name is... Let's just call it a good draw for Grigor Dimitrov. <laughs> his name is Kamil Maichazak. But My... he's got... He's got five consonants in a row. <laughs> <laughs> it's M A J C H R Z A K. Camille. <laughs> okay, he's 94 in the world, uh, and he's, he's been, got upset written all over it. He's beaten Pablo Cuevas. <laughs> Is it even an upset sets, anymore? So, I don't know. Oh, come on, Grigor's on here. He's in I the third so. round. <laughs> he's here. He's here alone. As far as I can tell, Stepanek's not here. I don't know whether that relationship is officially dissolved. Agassi, I think that is gone, that relationship. 
Um, he just seems to have his dad with him, Grigor Dimitrov. Yeah, he almost felt like when I saw him with Agassi and Stepanek at Wimbledon, like it was putting extra pressure on him with the season he'd had, with the ranking that he had, you know, to be having this enormously powerful kind of presence in his, in his coaching team. And I just wonder if it takes the pressure off a bit. Yeah, I, th- I think this this definitely one win, one walk over. He's on a roll. Yeah, come on, Grigor. Um, Nick Kyrgios has almost won in regulation efficient fashion. He's two points away. He had an altercation with the umpire before a ball was struck, and you're thinking, oh my. What was that about? <laughs> it was about the fact that he had his collar turned up, and there was a big old logo around the neck <laughs> of his collar that was uh, above regulation size. Apparently, the U.S. Open in New York City, the home of capitalism, has uh, rules about logo sizes. Who knew? Apparently Nick Kyrgios managed to be in violation of them. Reminds me of when an opponent of Mike Tyson once got in trouble for advertising on the soles of his shoes for when he got knocked out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, at that point you're thinking, uh, oh dear, I mean he had the supervisor on court after the warm-up before a ball was struck, so everyone's strapping themselves in. And then he's completed a what looks like a disciplined, routine, ruthless win. Yes, against somebody who... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. You really had a bit of a powder puff serve, to be honest. Um, a, a gentleman called Antoine Huang uh, who, if I said that right, he's from yeah, France. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I just said his name in the context of 
I don't know anything about no. him. Okay, I think 104 <laughs> in the world is I what I know. Uh, I think he's French Vietnamese, isn't he? Okay. Um, but yes, I was out on that court and I had the same thing exactly, Catherine. He walked on, I was like, nope, no information here. <laughs> okay. and, that, and I kind of, because I'd left the press box and I'd obviously looked at the screen and seen the play Antoine High. By the time I got from the press box to the grandstand, I'd forgotten who he's playing again. And he walked out, I was like, no. <laughs> and, then, and then it started. And, uh, and, I, and I found myself laughing because because Kyrgios hit this absurd 132 mile an hour serve with a flick of the wrist and I just thought there's, I was thinking of the times that I've laughed you know there are great athletes that make you laugh in wonder yeah. and, I, and I, you know, um, Usain Bolt have done it to me Simone Biles done it to me a uh, couple of cricketers maybe who've been ramped ridiculous sixes Ben Stokes I think probably Butler and, and, and then I was watching this and I, just, I had a little twinge of sadness at that moment because I thought in talent this guy is up there with these people yeah I mean when, when he came out to practice that day on the first day when he was late and he just he was late so he was rushing and he just rolled his arm over and hit three serves and he didn't he, he threw it was half tosses of the ball but then the sound you know your uh, snapped carrot uh, analogy for the sound effects that the ball makes I mean this was this was like um, somebody smacking a metal sheet with a bat you know the way he was uh, the way he was hitting these these balls and he was, but he was, wasn't even doing them properly just the, just the, the arm speed was we are one rublev win away from renaming the whatsapp tr- chat Kiri, oh my god it's happening R- rublev's won today uh, mm. so uh, it, it is rublev against Kiri. Yeah, i don't like Kyrgios' chances against Rublev. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm thinking Rublev is flying. He, he, he feels like a, a river that's been dammed, you know, because he's been away for so long. And I always thought this guy was an incredible talent. Like, the, he hits it so early. And he just stands he's a ninja. on the baseline. I think he is a little bit one-dimensional, um, maybe, because he has one way of playing. But that way of playing is lethal. I actually think that Kyrgios would be well advised to pull out the box of tricks against him hit yes. the big serves but mess him about mess him about bring him forwards do all the things that that don't allow him to just go for broke on his big shots one of the very few areas of tennis that Hawkeye doesn't provide data on is racket head speed I think isn't it I'd love to know where Rublev sits on racket head speed I mean I can't think of somebody that to the to the naked eye has quicker racket head speed than Andrei Rublev. It's, I, I mean, it's I, would say, I would say actually that Kyrgios on the forehand, yeah, when he really it. goes for it, yeah. has a similarly. It's almost like the electric eel, isn't it? Mm. Just just goes through the like tongue of a snake. Oh. But I mean, Kyrgios' forehand isn't as solid as Rublev's. Rublev's when, when he's on, and he's just taking it on the half volley on the baseline, in that way that Roger does a little bit. He makes people look silly sometimes because he hits it so early and so hard. <laughs> But at the same time, as I say, if he's if he can sort of disrupt him, he doesn't really know what to do because he doesn't. You know, he does that so well. I'm not sure he does anything else. <laughs> Alexander Zverev today won his second consecutive five-set match, beat Francis Tiafoe um, in the fifth set, uh, having been a setup, two sets to one up. And I think what was the quote from Nick from uh, Jim Courier that uh, he has an extraordinary ability to, to sabotage his own momentum I think what was a stat from 
Rothenberg came up with a great stat. Uh, something like they've played 17 sets, four, 17 fourth sets in slams when he's been leading two to one and he's won four of them. <laughs> yeah, you just know. You knew the cadence of that match was so predictable, wasn't it? Sets one, three, and five. <laughs> but, I, but I looked up at the screen. I was actually on my way up to see you, David, for the commentary, and, and there was a picture of Tony Godzik in a player box, and then underneath him was uh, Jez Green. I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Who's playing? Because obviously, teammate just started working. This teammate, Godzik, being um, agent for Roger and also works with Coco Golf, um, and they just started working with Zverev. And I just thought, you know, there must be a quite a change for Tony. <laughs> To, to, he's, he's, played, he's worked with the ultimate front runner. I mean, if you, I wonder what the stat would be for Roger when he's two sets to one up in slams and four sets. He's played, he's worked, and then now he's, he's working with Zverev and it's quite a different scenario. Well, Matt's back in the UK asleep. Matt, when you listen to this in the morning, look that up. Uh, he's, he's, he's up against Aliage Bedenay. He's next. In, in the year 2019, Alexander Zverev has joined Twitter. He has, yes. Uh, and he was asked about it on the court, and he, in, in, one of, in one of his more candid, um, likeable moments, he said, yeah, I was told to. Oh, so they did tell him to? <laughs> yeah, and then, I, in, in, again, one of the moments <laughs> in which I had most sympathy uh, that I've ever had for him, Tom Rinaldi of ESPN, doing the on-court interview, uh, he said, what would your... Uh, what, how, what tweet would you put out about this match? You asked him to compose a tweet on the spot. <laughs> it, 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 it was, was Tom awkward. Speaking really slowly. <laughs> what tweet would you put out about this match? And <laughs> he just he just put him away. He went. He went. I don't know. I've just played five sets of tennis. Let me go. They should get me on that call. I get 15 questions in for every five that Tom Rinaldi gets. I mean, you know the, the, the speed I speak. <laughs> See, value for money if you get Simon Briggs. Uh, Aliash Bedenay, who is, uh, was two sets to love down against Benoit Pair. Bedenay won in five, and uh, then Pair walked off. <laughs> he refused to he didn't shake anybody's hand. put up he an just... Instagram post about alluding to aggro, alluding to... He said he hopes the ITF investigate the behaviour of, of his opponent. What? Aliash? Aliash. Actual, the world's least aggro man. <laughs> actual Aliash Bedenay. My goodness, I'm shocked. I had no idea. And Do you remember the days when we would have been hanging on every point yeah, of that you match? Go in, you go into the Nanaj Bedenier press conference and he'd sort of whisper at you. <laughs> <laughs> we can, let's bring up the stream. Prime Video have got every match in the whole world so we can go and watch it. I don't think anybody was watching that match because nobody seems able to tell me what specifically the aggro was. But there was aggro OK uh, Rafael Nadal is through he's not playing tonight poor old Tanasi Kokonakis has had to withdraw an injury again yeah dreadful He, I saw him go out to hit on the practice courts that was obviously his sort of tester and it was a very very light hit and obviously with the benefit of hindsight that was a bit of a giveaway but Denis Shapovalov though straight sets again that's great isn't it I mean talk about the people that we want to see perform uh, he's a electric when he's on and uh, it seems to be the case I, I haven't seen a ball of him this tournament because he's been uh, running in parallel with the Brits but uh, you know, more power to his elbow Nick Kyrgios 642 we've got a whatsapp group name prepared Shapovar <laughs> loving your work so does that mean if Kyrgios is no longer on he we have to rename it Right, okay. TBC. TBC. 646264, Nick Kyrgios is one. Coco Golf is uh, a set-up against Tamir Babosh in Soonsby out today. Tennis news. Which 
I'm slightly surprised by because I watched her walk-on interview and she looked absolutely terrified to me. Absolutely terrified. And then Tamir Babos strolls up and looks like she's going for a hit in Central Park. I thought you were going to say, I saw Coco practice and then I got an instinct. Oh, uh, no, I'm not doing that that anymore. (laughs) If if she wins, I think she plays Azaka. She does, correct. I mean... Azaka was good today. Decent third round, that. Can you imagine? They might need to build a stadium bigger than Arthur Ashe for that. There isn't a billing big enough for that match. Especially as I got in trouble with with, with the Twitterati for for switching my uh, support from Azaka to Galf in about sort of in, in, in a hasty moment of excitement during Wimbledon when, when I was asked to write to write the Galf must be the next big thing piece and I went a bit overboard on it <laughs> Have, if you haven't deleted a tweet in seven years though Simon I'd say you're doing well yeah it's quite good that no I don't delete tweets normally <laughs> brilliant let's go through his history <laughs> yeah. see what he said uh, right uh, right just to, before we leave Caroline Wozniacki looks like she's going to level up at once at all with Daniel Bianca Collins Bianca Andreescu won, she won today yes bears a mention I think she you has liked her, not didn't you? oh well she's so different I mean because if you look at the three slam winners we've had this year so Azaka um, then uh, Barty then Halep so three introverts and then uh, you've got this woman and she's like Check me out, <laughs> right? She's so I, cool, I loved yeah. it, you know. And somebody and I said on I, I posted the interview on Twitter, and again we're going about Twitter for the fifteenth time. But uh, I'm not really a Twitter maniac, but somehow I seem to be talking about it a lot today. Uh, and somebody was, I, I said, in the interest of balance, nice to see an extrovert. And somebody was like, this idea that introverts aren't fun is wrong and bad. <laughs> and I was like. I, what? I didn't say that. I mean, I really like the other three as well. But it's just good to have variety. If you, if, if you could bottle whatever Bianca Andreescu has and give, like, one, one millionth of it to 18-year-old me, I, I mean, I, I would have killed for that. I mean, 18-year-olds should be a bundle of angst and self-doubt and uncool but the other thing about her is that she's going on there and she's, she's wrapped up like the Egyptian mummy isn't she I mean she's got she's got a massive thing about around her, her right thigh she's got one of those pressure relieving bands under her left knee then she's got the, uh, the tennis elbow that's what worried me the tennis elbow band around her racket arm only um, only injury can stop her though she has not lost a completed tennis match since March the 2nd of this year but she is a massive hypochondriac that's, that's the only thing that I can think and, 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 and apparently I mean she's not that popular in the locker room I'm told because A she's like check me out and B <laughs> I'm never going to be able to look at her again <laughs> thinking and, uh, and B she's taking medical timeouts all over the place Superb. Imagine I, if I, I think that's what she did in the um, the famous Kerber match that really riled her. The drama queen incident. Imagine if Andreescu and Djokovic won the respective titles with yeah. with their respective injuries. Ailment titles. Uh, yeah, could happen. Could happen. Uh, right then. Very. You think it's happening? Do I? We think. I think we think half of it's win. happening. Yeah, I, th- I think Nadal's going to win the men's. You very inelegant. You very elegantly, rather. Sorry, I, 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 I was mean some, to you by default. Then I did something <laughs> elegantly. I'm, I'm waiting for this. You've elegantly um, avoided calling me out for my Sabalenka horror show. Oh yeah, earlier. that was a, 
uh, not your finest work. Uh, I got really carried away watching Sabalenka on the practice court. I we, thought, we've, yeah, spent, we've spent about eight years back. agreeing <laughs> that you can't read a thing into practice, right? <laughs> All these people who say, uh, Sabalenka's hitting the ball well. You're like, yes, Gr- she's a professional Greg tennis tweeted player. earlier a picture of Rafael Nadal on the practice court behind him and said, Raph is hitting the ball well. <laughs> it makes a change. Um, and anyway, Catherine did get quite carried away with the Sabalenka look, and Sabalenka promptly lost today in the second round. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it for today, folks. Very nice, isn't it? Lovely to have Simon back. Yeah. He's a good lad. That's all the Twitter confessions you're going to get out of me. <laughs> Go and, go and get your phone and let's go and look up his history while he's gone uh, and we'll find out what we can talk about tomorrow uh, thank you all for listening thank you Catherine thank you Simon uh, thank you to all of those of you that send in nice emails to us you can continue to do that uh, to tennispodcast.net we've got a contact form on there um, send us your tweets at tennispodcast we're on Instagram you can get on our newsletter list and look at all our uh, uh, terrible predictions on a daily basis uh, Matt Stat. I mean some of the stats this guy comes out with are just unreal um, and uh, yeah I basically take credit for them all for most of my day um, we would like you also if you wouldn't mind just to tell everybody you know about the tennis podcast so that they can all start listening too uh, we'll be back another one with another one tomorrow uh, produced in association with the Telegraph uh, executive produced by tennisballs.com with our mascot Rio with a Y more tennis coming your way day 5 of the US Open tomorrow see you then 